calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving safe all right, insurance, save me so much in my car. Driving safe all right, insurance, I've dreamed of saving for so long, I'm saving big all right. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. We did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here. Mapping timelines here or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new festive episode of the Geek Bodies here. Brought to you. Oh, no, is that terrible? All right, fine. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Bodies. Hey! 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 So clearly, Shannon and I are in a, in a more festive mood than our brother Michael Vogel, but I'm sure. I, that's uh, I'm festive. I just do. It's great. What's great, wrong, great, Mike? Great, great Why aren't you festive today? What's the problem oh there, Michael? God, you guys sound like extras from far and away. How dare you? How, did, how dare you, sir? How dare you? We are professionally trained actors. Uh, <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about so many things here today, uh, get into some uh, big news uh, going on in the world of entertainment, in the world of geekery, for sure. We'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Darth Maul situation with uh, Kenobi, going to get into the Ms. Marvel trailer, going to break that down a little bit, get into some Kirk casting news and talk about some trailers as well, maybe some other stories that pop up as we talk about these subjects as well. But let's introduce ourselves first. I'm the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on The Goldberg, Silicon Valley, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And right now you can actually see all three of us on the newest episode of Settle the Score with Matt Nost and Andy Merriweather. Wow. Wow. Promoting the show. I wonder why. Um, and, and shout out to Wendy McClendon Covey, who spoke out for the first time on the Jeff Garland situation on your show, The Goldbergs there, Shannon McClung. Very interesting comments from Ms. McCovey for sure. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was very, <laughs> she was very, uh, very clear. Like, it's it's tough to tough to have someone here who wants who doesn't want to be here and wants to leave mid scene. So. Yeah. There you go. Very interesting stuff for sure. We shall see how that show keeps going if they go into a, can you believe it, 10th season. I didn't know there were nine seasons of that show. I thought it was only three seasons. Crazy. I think how some of these shows survive for years and reels. Like Rules of Engagement, that show with David. How did that show survive for 10 seasons? It's mind-blowing. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. As I mentioned, we're here to talk about these things. And the way the show works, for those of you who are new, thank you very much for taking a chance on us. For those of you who are coming back every week, thank you so much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. Each of us brings up a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves for your enjoyment. We do three news items and take a break and jump into our main topic. And our main topic is going to be breaking down the Ms. Marvel trailer that uh, dropped earlier uh, this week from uh, Disney Plus and from Marvel. All right, uh, Michael Vogel, I think you have the first uh, subject today. I think I do. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus, uh, so we discussed the Kenobi trailer last week. Everybody's very excited about it coming very, very soon to Disney Plus. Um, but someone who's not as excited is poor Darth Maul. Um, <laughs> Hollywood Reporter uh, reported that uh, originally uh, Darth Maul was supposed to be one of the main antagonists of the Kenobi series. And back when they put a pause on everything, uh, we heard they weren't necessarily happy with the scripts. They kind of went and retooled some things. Apparently one of those things that got retooled was the fact that Darth Maul was in the show. Um, a, basically they reported that uh, uh, Hossein Amini, who was the original writer who worked with Deborah Chow on the six episode series, said that he did put Darth Maul in the show, but that when Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who were coming off Mandalorian, saw the scripts, uh, they had a couple concerns, not only Darth Maul, but also that uh, it was a, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series was a little lone wolf and cub, which 
Mandalorian was as well. Um, And that they kind of encouraged Deborah Chow to go bigger uh, and that it was Filoni who kind of came up with an idea of how to bring Vader in. So what it really seems like here is that uh, Kenobi traded Darth Maul for uh, Vader and Inquisitors. That Mm -hmm. seems to be, if you're reading not so between the lines, what they're saying. Um, And that sucks for fans of Darth Maul, but it potentially is pretty great fans for uh, good for fans of Anakin Skywalker. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think there's more to it? Do you think there's anything else going on? Are you sad we're not going to see Darth Maul? Um, What are your guys' thoughts? Sure. You know, I actually am kind of like I'm. I'm jazzed that we're getting to see the Inquisitors um, in live action, mm-hmm. despite some of the makeup in the first uh, the first trailer looking a little uh, little suspect. Um, I, I, I I'm glad that we're getting those characters because I feel like that's that's an untapped that's an untapped villain villains um, that could be very very useful going forward in the live action uh, the live action series. Um, yeah, and you know, like had Solo perform better i mean we were going to see more darth maul i mean Mm -hmm. it was certainly setting it up that um he was going to be one of the one of the antagonists if a sequel were to happen um you know again this is no knock on on ray park but i do feel like they kind of trade it up um because everyone is so jazzed to see vader again people are excited to see the inquisitors um but you know the the Star Wars universe, and in, in, in terms of just the series, I mean, it's it's ever expanding. This doesn't mean that we're not going to see him again. It just means we're not going to see him right now. So even though like it would have been cool to see Ray Park um, getting to play that sort of older older Darth Maul and or just Maul, and uh, would probably need to have his voice dubbed over again, um, you know, it, it would be nice to see him. But I think it's I think it's going to be a little cooler getting to see Vader and the Inquisitors. Yeah, I mean, further on in the story, Mike, it says uh, that Filoni and Favreau pushed uh, Deborah Chow and the writer to go further, to go even bigger. Um, and those concerns made their way to Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy. She pushed the pause button on this, and then Joby Harold was brought in to now write this, and they recast the young Luke Skywalker with another actor who's only done one thing, an episode of Creep Show, um, and they moved Maul out. Now, the timing of this, and I know we had our talks on text, but I got to bring this up. The timing of this is interesting. It's 2020 when this is happening. This is right around the time when that Ray Park controversy with his wife, ex-wife, the girl, and that Instagram post um, was put out. And there were uh, rumors a little bit later saying that Ray Park was actually on the set, did some training, did some stuff as Darth Maul. Disney, in a footnote here to this article, updated. it was updated with Lucasfilm source stating Ray Park did not come to the set of obi-wan kenobi but in february of 2021 he shared a picture of darth maul and said meet me in dathomir sith life and he geotagged it the post as tatooine so clearly it seemed like it had been in the works it was going to happen and maybe he had been on set and this is a little kind of face saving from disney maybe or changing things around a little bit and maybe it's as innocent as this it wasn't working we're gonna go with darth vader we're gonna bring the inquisitors in to kind of keep a little synergy action have some new characters in this rather than the old mall the old vader only we're gonna bring some new antagonists in it could be that simple or it could be something more where the stuff with ray parker ray park they were like yeah we're not gonna deal with that let's move him out and let's move on to something else and i would argue and maybe I'll get in trouble with this. I think people are more would be more happy to see Sam Witwer come in and do a live action 
a Darth Maul than Ray Park. But that's just my two cents. Oh, I think I think that's absolutely true. I mean, yeah. I would. I would, I would, I would say, uh, kind of to Shannon's comment about you know Ray Park needing to get his voice dubbed. Like, I do think that of the people that have taken ownership of Darth Maul, uh, I think that has shifted since Force Awakens came out, um, or not for I'm sorry, Phantom Menace came out. Uh, but I think Sam Witwer much more owns uh, Darth Maul in people's hearts now, maybe than uh, than anyone else who is mauling around town. Um, as far as the controversy, like, sure, maybe that did play some kind of role in it, but I really do think that the most important part of the story, uh, is the go further, go bigger. I mean, I think probably what happened is I think a lot of writers coming in, a lot of people coming in to like craft these shows that are taking place in parts of the Star Wars universe. There's probably an impulse to keep things a little contained because there's a lot going on in this era and you're not sure where you're allowed to go i you know i don't think you think you can go all the way up to vader because you're like well you know when you get to new hope it seems to not know where he was so we have to keep that hidden but we also know if you watch rebels that darth maul didn't really know where obi-wan was so i think there's kind of like i think there was a little bit of maybe oh well we've covered some of this territory in rebels already this is a bigger story i think we can make this a much more epic thing um and just based on the trailer that we've seen you know having inquisitors coming all the way from uh, from the Emperor to kind of be running around trying to hunt down Jedi feels like a bigger story. So I yeah. kind of think that's probably more likely what it is, but I mean, we'll probably never know. Now, <laughs> just to throw something out to get your guys' thought, because I certainly have my opinion. Um, it, it seems like there was maybe a develop, development executive dropping of the ball that happened when you have the Mandalorian come out and then yeah. with, with those lone wolf and cub vibes, and then you have a very similar vibe in your other, in another show that's in active development and that it took, that it took Favreau and Filoni reading those scripts and being like, ah, this is kind of, this is kind of similar. I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you all think about that? Like that's, that's surprising to me. Are you trying to tell me that you're surprised they didn't have a plan? Uh, and talk this about, <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? I feel like that's what you're trying to say. It's less. It's less that they had a plan, and it's more the development executive in charge uh, was didn't identify like, hey, these two things are very similar. Maybe we should not do something exactly the same. I mean, Michael, I'm, I'm sure you're going to speak on this, but like for me, this sounds like you didn't have a plan. You should absolutely have this shit on the board. This is what this series is going to focus on. This is what this series is going to focus on. This is how this series is going to focus on that. This is how this series is going to focus on that. And and the stream should not cross, but I don't know. Is well, this unusual? No, it's not. I mean, look, here's the thing. No development executive is going to tell John Favreau and Dave Filoni that they need to change anything in Mandalorian. Like they're, <laughs> like, they're not, hey, guys, I know that you've got the keys to the kingdom, but maybe don't introduce Baby Yoda because we have this other show in development. I don't think that's... A thing that would happen and also if you're developing a show about obi-wan kenobi what are you gonna have him doing at this era in his life yeah he's probably gonna be watching luke and yeah I think but watching luke and, and lone wolf and cub those are different those are different no, things no but i this is what i think happened i think that it is natural to have a kenobi series be about kenobi watching over luke maybe yeah. having some interactions with him whatever and then Filoni and Favreau wanted to go do Grogu Dinjarin, which I think we're all very happy about. 
And I think you just reach a certain point where you're like, oh, and maybe the development executives didn't feel that it was too similar because Obi-Wan Kenobi watching over Luke is kind of probably what the marching orders were. But then Filoni and Favreau came in and were like, no, 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 we don't like this. But then probably the response was, well, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he's watching Luke. And they were like, okay, well, then let's go bigger. Let's go bigger. Like, but this is about more than that. This is about this. This isn't just about him watching Luke. This is about he's lost his way. He doesn't know what kind of person he wants. Like, there, once you introduce more elements, like, oh, well, you can have Inquisitors. Let's dive into Kenobi and Skywalker. Let's do Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, let's get into some of this stuff. Then it becomes less about I'm watching Luke and it becomes a different thing. But you sort of needed permission from those guys to like open the the toy box and say, well, here's some more action figures, use them. So I think like, I don't think that it's necessarily a nobody noticed that these things were happening. But like I said, you're not going to tell Filoni and Favreau no. And I think it's natural to assume that Obi-Wan Kenobi would be watching over Luke. And then when those similarities did uh, were brought up, that's where you're like, okay, well, let's like, let's add some more cool shit then. Yeah, well, I feel like one is babysitting, and one is actually taking the person along on the adventures, right? And I think Lone Wolf and Cub is taking the person along with the adventure, whereas uh, Kenobi is more safeguarding or watching over uh, uh, Luke Skywalker. Not that Mandalorian isn't also do the Grogu, but there's a different element to that versus a Tatooine-based Luke Skywalker who does not go out on star adventures with kenobi so um but i understand the concern and the worry and in the end it's a positive move to go bigger because we've got vader the return of aiden christensen we've got these uh uh uh, inquisitors that we're going to get to be a part of kenobi so in a way and i don't think we're done with the surprises of who is going to show up in this series so if going bigger um already there what the the emperor is supposedly uh seen in the trailer so this going bigger thing uh, could have been um, something that might be something rather that works out in, in the positive for Kenobi for sure. Yeah. And there were certainly a lot of surprises in Book of Boba Fett. So <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> That's true. Very, very true. Um, all right. Well, from one. Um, well, actually, before we move on, I'd be remiss not to mention Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors the Geek Buddies and sponsors uh, the Outlaw Nation content. Shout out to them who are have been such a great supporter of us since last November. They've given me some updated talking points for you all to be aware of. They now have 100-plus locations across 14 states. They're expanding their reach to bring you health care. 50-plus locations in California across the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, North San Diego. I was in Los Angeles yesterday, stopped at a Gelson's. What's across the street? A Carbon Health. It looked awesome. I almost went in and had them take a look at me just for fun. (laughs) Most locations still have COVID testing and travel testing for overseas destinations. They've conducted over 2 million COVID tests. So if you're in California, considering, consider yourself, uh, consider scheduling yourself an annual checkup and utilizing primary care services at a local clinic, establishing a partnership with a primary care clinic. Clinician gets a professional in your corner for your health needs, questions, and healthy future. Uh, and continuing to partner uh, with us here at the Geek Buddies, Carbon Health generally cares about positive communities 
who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. A lot of people have asked me, why does Carbon Health support Geek Buddies? Because they support our mission to spread our joy amongst everybody so we can enjoy talking about the world of geekdom so well that's why they support us and you can even download the app the carbon health app to keep a quote doc in your pocket for those immediate urgent care needs whether you book an in-person visit or virtual visit so head on over there to carbonhealth.com and get checked out do it ladies and gentlemen please uh all right from one star system to another star system and that's star trek well 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 as if you haven't had enough Captain Kirk. We've got a new Captain Kirk, Captain James T. Kirk. I say this through gritted teeth. We have a new James T. Kirk. Star Trek Strange New Worlds has cast actor Paul Wesley from Vampire Diaries in the role of Captain James T. Kirk. Just when I was getting used to Chris Pine as James T. Kirk, we have a new, younger uh, James T. Kirk coming into the position here. Uh, he actually had, uh, he was actually on a plane ride with William Shatner and took pictures of William Shatner without knowing he was going to be Kirk down the road. Kind of like um, uh, Tom Holland manifesting that Spider-Man thing on the set with Andrew Garfield, which is really interesting. Alex Kurtzman released a statement saying, Paul is an accomplished actor, an astonishing presence, and a welcome key addition to the show. Like all of us, he's a lifelong Star Trek fan, and we are excited by his interpretation of this iconic role. Now, we also have Christopher Pike, uh, obviously with Anson Mount playing that character that's also been played by Bruce Greenwood and also played by Jeffrey Hunter in the original series. Uh, and we've got uh, a new Spock as well here. Uh, so we've done that uh, in this whole series. But are we getting to the point where enough is like we're reaching back for Maul and we kind of nixed that idea, reaching back for another James T. Kirk with a Spock already on this ship? This is some interesting crossing of the streams for me that I'm not 100% happy about. And I don't know if the timeline matches up necessarily in the timeline that you're in. So, gentlemen, um, is James T. Kirk an untouchable thing? Or are we going to see more and more people? And are we going to keep uh, being cast as James T. Kirk? Are we going to explore this more and more? What do you think about this idea, Mike or Shannon? I, I am baffled as to your reaction. I love it. <laughs> I love your reaction so much. It was not... A month ago that we all sat here and Shannon and I were like, uh, I don't know about uh, more Luke or Leia or Lando or Han. And you're like, no, 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 bring them in. Like, this is Star Wars. And here we are with James T. Kirk. Oh, James T. Kirk is the, is the sacred cow for you that like, you don't want this one. We've had Spock. He was on Discovery. Like, that's why we introduced Pike in number one. That's, yeah. he's our Spock now. We have him. We have Zachary Quinto. We had Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. So we have three Spocks. We're about to have three Uhuras with a new Uhura yes. for uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, sure. What is it about the Kirk thing that doesn't make sense to you? It's like it's like Doctor Who. It's like James Bond. It's like Batman. You gotta get it right. And for me, James T. Kirk, above any character in sci-fi, I'm gonna say that straight up, above any character in sci-fi, is my sacred cow, is my one, is my uh, thing in the sky. And, and so for me, when you recast him, there better be a goddamn good reason. And you better tell a goddamn good story to bring in Captain James Tiberius Kirk, the greatest captain in the Star Trek franchise, period. And so if you're going to bring, how come they're not recasting the old Frenchie boy, Jean-Luc Picard? Why do we get so many Kirks we can't get no other? I mean, I'm sure he had hair at some point. Why can't we get a young Picard being a part of something for God's sake? So it's a little frustrating to see this. But then again, it speaks to the iconic nature of James T. Kirk. And as for the Star Wars stuff, 
we've seen enough of James T. Kirk, whereas I think there's still more stories to tell with Han and Luke and Leia, and I don't think we should be afraid to recast those roles. And I'll be goddamned if Kirk can't be recast three times, we can't recast Luke. Kiss my ass. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the the... Having not really, like, I didn't watch Vampire Diaries. I am not familiar with Paul Wesley's work. <laughs> you, um, you don't say you haven't watched Vampire Diaries. Wasn't one of my shows. Um, but looking looking at his IMDb and looking at his uh, at the the photos on his IMDb, it's interesting oh, yeah. because when they cast Chris Pine, it was you know, he he you know he didn't look like Shatner at all. And they're like, you know, we're not trying we're not trying to do that. Like he he's doing his own thing. Like he did not try to do a Shatner impersonation. I mean, he, he brought his own flavor to, to that character. And for my money, even though I thought the movies, there, there was a law of diminishing returns. Um, it had nothing to do with the cast. I thought the yeah. cast across the board um, knocked it out of the park. And I think Chris Pine is a big reason for that. Um, I, Paul Wesley to me definitely has a pine like uh, aesthetic. Like Don't he tell. definitely Don't reminds me of Chris Pine. So, you know, in terms of what the show, you know, his his casting is like okay great you know he's a handsome handsome young guy playing kirk um i'm more again not being a star trek guy i'm more with john like what is this timeline because there is the original series with the movies there's i think it's called the kelvin timeline those are the abrams movies so is this a separate is this a third this is the original timeline no this is still the original timeline that they're okay uh, working with this is why it's confusing because there's going to be a, a Christina Chong was announced as playing a series regular Lone Noonien Singh, who is related to Khan. Uh, Khan! So this idea that he discovers Khan for the first time in Space Seed, this is where I find the timeline has got to really do some jumps here to make it correct. And also Spock uh, encountering a relative of Khan, serving with a relative of Khan, how come he doesn't bring that up at all in Spacey? This is where it gets dangerous well, for me to start know. messing around with this stuff. First of all, if they're... Look, they might mess it up. We all know that the first season of Star Trek Discovery made some errors that had to be retconned down the road. But, uh, but I think that... I mean... Christopher Pike was the captain in the original pilot of Star Trek, correct? Absolutely. Yes, he was. And then that pilot didn't work. And then they recast him as Kirk. And now in sort of Star Trek history, and like what we're dealing right now is that Christopher Pike was the original captain of the Enterprise. And at some point, Kirk replaced him. So timeline-wise, having Kirk be around at this period of time makes perfect sense. Sure, uh, sure. It's not, there's nothing yeah. weird about it. Um, I And I might be wrong on my original Star Trek, and John, you probably know better than me, but aside from later in Star Trek seeing Christopher Pike in that, uh, you know, rolling uh, spa that he was in, whatever his little uh, yeah. wheelchair thing was, what was that <laughs> Yeah, thing? Yeah, that's from the Glass Menagerie, yes. Right. Yeah. But do we ever really know, because it was a pilot that got replaced, like, we never know what the transition was. We never know... Like that yeah. period of time, like when did Pike come off the Enterprise and when Kirk came right. on the Enterprise? That's all open territory, right? Yes, it is. It is very much so. Yeah, the accident happened to Pike. He ends up in that thing, but eventually, he, you know, he, he uh, Kirk comes in to take care of the Enterprise, and then comes back to help him go and end up on that planet. Yeah. 
Right. So the con thing will be interesting because I don't fully disagree with you that that definitely is a, okay, well, how does that work? I imagine they have some kind of plan for it. It might work. It might not. But as far as like the weirdness of it, I was like, we know that there was this cap, that Pike was a captain. We know Kirk is the next captain and we don't know that story. So if they're like, hey, here's a story that we can tell that people will be into um, because this is a part of Star Trek history we haven't covered. Like that's, that's interesting to me. They could totally knock this out of the park. Listen, for all my complaining and all my bitching about it, it's just because I love Shatner so much and I love James T. Kirk so much. If it works, no one's going to be more happier than me because I, I like the stories if they work. I enjoyed, I mean, Chris Pond, when he was cast, I was initially, eh, and then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in. This is this is absolutely Kirk. And then seeing the movies, he was great. And so I'm, I'm, I hope this works. And, and this is the first new Star Trek thing that has come out where I've been incredibly excited to see how they do it. Um, Discovery certainly had me interested because it was new Star Trek. Certainly Picard had me interested, but I was, I'm not a big avid TNG watcher, but I was, but I like Picard and I enjoyed a couple of the movies. So I was curious to see how they're going to make it work. I'm not enjoying the second season so much. Uh, and oh, now I, I think but, second season, you are, you are crazy. Really? You and I have different start. The pilot, the pilot was whatever, but the pilot second was episode rough, was bro. great. Are you telling me it's but better? The second, the second episode, All right. no, the second episode was great. The second episode okay. was like Star Trek four meets Star Trek first contact meets days of future past like i was all into it okay because I, I i did about 35 minutes of that pilot i was like i can't do this this is terrible so maybe i'll power through it and get to the second episode and you might be right mike so um but this is because this is my star trek this is my timeline this is the star trek that i grew up on original series star trek pike a young spock all of this this excites me wreck a romaine this excites me so i want to see how they weave kirk in here and i imagine we're not done with weaving in some of these characters or planets or um, areas that have been around in the original series and seeing how that's going to work as well. Um, Cause I, cause it would be interesting how they do that, Mike. Cause I mean, the, the, the five-year journey, I, I can't imagine they're repeating the same planets. That doesn't seem to make sense. So, but maybe these characters they may run into, cause we did have, uh, mud in, in uh, the first season of discovery with Rain Wilson reprising that role. So it's possible to see other characters here in this timeline that could work. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right, fine. We can recast Luke and Leia. Now I can get over that shit. Let's move the fuck on. If we can recast Kirk three times. He's so angry. I'm just, <laughs> and give me another Jean Luke. Let's see. Let's see the TNG people react to a new Jean Luke. Let's see what they would feel like. But, uh, but well, they haven't. Been... Gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do young Jean Luc, I hate to tell it to you, Patrick Stewart is a hell of an actor, but he's not playing a twenty year old. <laughs> so if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to recast him. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but to be fair, though, hundred percent, I've enjoyed the recasting across the board the whole time. You know, I've really enjoyed it. I think Anson Mount has done a great job picking up for Bruce Greenwood with the Pike. I really enjoy the new, uh, the new Spock. I don't know his, his name yet. I think Zachary Quinton did a great job. So I like that Spock on discovery. So for me, casting wise, I like the choices they've made. I just, you know, I just get worried. <laughs> don't mess with Kirk, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Anyway, all, sorry. For sorry. All to... of his, for all of his overacting and hair pieceness, like he is your guy. That is your man. I'm going to let you go with that. Shots, gonna... shots fired at St. Patrick's day. <laughs> As if Mark Hamill's like the greatest on camera actor. All right, let's keep going. Um, what's Woo! the 
I mean, I'm not going to argue that one. <laughs> Good voiceover actor, though, for sure. Uh, all right. Where are we off to, Shannon? Let's save us out of this. Take us out of this. We're going to trailers, trailers, trailers. And everybody leave your guns at the door for the trailers today. So this, I think this might be the first time that all three trailers are for a streaming series coming up. Two of them. It's for uh, both series, uh, third season, and one, it's a brand new series. But to start, we're going to talk about the teaser for the third season of Barry. So this is the Emmy Award winning Bill Hader, Henry Winkler, Alec Berg, Stephen Root. When we last left Barry... Um, we, we left him in a very, very dark place. So it, it stands to reason that this trailer, even though Barry is a comedy, um, for the most part, it's a, it's a pretty dark trailer, even though we do get some, um, uh, some lighter moments, courtesy of NoHo Hank. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the last season of Barry, it, it, you know, it concluded in 2019. Like, it has been three years since we've had a chance to catch up with these characters. So I certainly liked... Uh, like seeing them again, even though it doesn't give us a ton to go on. But gentlemen, what did you all think of the first look of the third season of Barry? Mikey? I watched the trailer and my reaction was, oh, I have to go back and rewatch Barry. (laughs) (laughs) A lot has happened since I finished season two of Barry. There was a pandemic. There were marches. (laughs) There was a lot of things. There was an election. There was yeah. an attack on the Capitol. I I have forgotten some things, but I was very excited by the trailer. I'm glad it's coming back. I am going to go and at least do a little rewatch of like the back half of season two. Um, and it reignited the fact that I have a very weird crush on Noho Hank. I don't know why. <laughs> I do not know why. Something about him, that little bald head. I just, I, I got a crush. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, I we only got 10, really 10, 15 seconds, would you argue? 10, 15 seconds of actually actual material from season three uh, at the I'm... back end of kind of giving you the background. But, I mean, let's look at a face. This is an older Barry. This is a Barry who's been through some shit. Uh, and so it seems like from the scenes that we got in those maybe 15, 20 seconds that this is a Barry who's going to come back who's a bit more closer to the unstable Barry than the peaceful Barry. And that could lead to an incredible amount of interesting moments in the show and uh, um, explosions in the show in terms of his anger, in terms of his killing. We've seen him kill when he needs to kill. And we've seen him hide it from a number of people when he needs to hide it from a number of people. So he's a powder keg. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of um, people with, who are ready to light the fuses without knowing that they're lighting fuses in these interactions with Barry. I mean, Stephen Root's character, what's going to happen with him? What's going to happen with Henry Winkler's character? What's going to happen with the, uh, I forget the actress's name, places uh, the blonde uh, 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 love interest. The, what's the character Sally. Sally. What's going to happen with Sally? And of course, Noho Hank, who we saw in season two. Noho Hank can turn it on a dime when he has to get ruthless. So uh, is there a cataclysmic Hank versus Barry battle coming? I wonder. 
I mean, I don't think it's going to be a battle. Like, again, when we last left them, uh, there was a Chechen replacement coming for yes. Noho Hank, right. yes. which due to um, the acts of Barry by the end, I, I don't think that replacement is going anywhere, but I don't think they're necessarily going to send Hank back to the homeland. You know, the, yes. the whole idea that Barry, it's funny that you said, you know, he's there's a fuse. And he's after Fuchs. I mean, Fuchs and Fuchs. Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought that, I thought that was funny wordplay. Um, but the cast is just comedically, it's just so stacked. I mean, yeah. as as you guys mentioned, Noho Hank. I mean, Anthony Kerrigan. He does such a tremendous job, and I believe he played Zaz on Gotham, which Gotham I was Ooh, not a yes. fan of. Um, you know, but you look at him, you're like, all right, there's something, there's something to this guy, yeah. and just the the unwrapped present of comedy he ended up being like the show is just delivers on so many fronts and it's one of those shows that i cannot wait to watch again um and its third season is going to debut on april 24th on hbo so gotta go gotta go catch up gotta go catch up so our second trailer today is for a new netflix series from snl alum austin powers dr evil genius mike myers called the pentaverate so you use that genius word liberally but go ahead yeah go ahead well just yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna get to it you know i'm glad you played him and all but uh yeah, <laughs> so back in what was in 1993 when so i married an axe murder came out um the uh mike myers version who plays his dad this older version talks about this secret organization called the pentaverit of like the five wealthiest families who control everything in the world that include uh the queen the gettys the rothschild there was somebody else and colonel sanders before he went tits up so (laughs) the idea that almost 30 years later we're getting a show about this on paper this is hilarious the actual execution <laughs> i'm not so sure right now as a big mike myers fan i will throw it to you guys first because i got my thoughts but what did you all think of our first look at the pentaverance just when you forgot about the love guru here comes mike myers <laughs> to remind you why he hasn't been leading films since the love guru i mean this looks terrible this looks on par with the Uber Eats commercial with him and Dana Carvey. Listen, guys, you catch me dressing up like I was in, in my 20s. No, it looks ridiculous. Stop doing it, for God's sakes. It looks terrible. It looks bad. The makeup looks bad. It doesn't look like what Eddie did with Nutty Professor or Martin did with the Big even Martin with Big Mama's House or even Jack Black and Tropic Thunder, I would argue. There's not that with the with the fatties. There's not that kind of fun vibe to it. This looks like a bad joke he told in a movie. He thought he could flesh it out. He's got some really good comedy heavyweights in the, in the cast for sure. Uh, but to me, this looks absolutely terrible, like a 10 to 1 sketch on SNL. Um, and I can't imagine that it's going to work. And I'm really surprised that this is the film he's choosing to come back with to lead after love guru so many years ago well this is a series this isn't a movie like this i'm sorry that's even worse that there's going to be even more minutes of this than a movie so but god you know go ahead sorry mike so it was not clear did you like it no i hated it i thought it was absolutely oh yeah you're joking all right (laughs) walking right into that oh that Uh, was good uh (laughs) you know 
Like when you see, like when we were kids and you would see some old comedian from like the 1930s or 40s do their act and your parents would be laughing really hard and you'd be like, this isn't that funny. I feel like we've come full circle with Mike Myers. Uh, it was a lot like, I will check it out. I will check it out. Uh, I will see how it is. Like John said, there's some heavyweights in there. There's some really good, uh, good, really funny people in the show. Um, whether Mike Myers is one of them remains to be seen. Uh, it just kind of had that, it, it, like you said, like you said, it's like, it's a joke that someone from a generation earlier told and they're like, huh, huh? <laughs> to get to the other side, get it? Uh, uh? And you're like, mm, I, don't, I, think, I think comedy has, has uh, evolved maybe a little bit from since So I Married an Axe Murderer, maybe. Okay, leave So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> So well, I Married an Axe Murderer is a great look, movie. I love, I love So I Married an Axe Murderer when I saw it as a child. Um, oh. But like, it just feels like, it just feels like that hasn't, I don't know that I need to see a new version of that today. So, okay. You know, comedically, we go in these phases. Yeah, yeah. And right now, like, you know, Mike Myers came came from the, you know, it was Jim Carrey was the huge star. Then it was Mike Myers and it was Adam Sandler. Then it was Will Ferrell. And then we kind of got into like the Judd Apatow. Then it, you got into those more kind of those, those comedies with heart. Some of the, like, even the, like those heavier comedies. And we, we kind of left that. So, I mean, I don't disagree with you all at all. I mean, I, um, I have a soft spot for Mike Myers because as John pointed out, I, I have played Austin Powers in the past and it's maybe such a fun maybe character. Maybe you should have been the lead. Maybe you should have been the lead of the Pentaver. Oh my gosh. What, what if, right? <laughs> um, but I, I can't disagree with you. Like Mike Myers as, as soft, as soft a spot I have from in my heart. Um, he has a very shallow bag of tricks mm -hmm. and they are on full display here. And these are tricks that we saw back in SNL. I mean, you can look at his Lance Ito and it's like, Oh, this was where Austin powers started. Mm -hmm. You can look at his, when he used Lorne Michaels, like he, like that Dr. Evil was not the first time he did this. Like there were other characters that he did do that for. So watching the trailer, it's like, you want, you want it to be good. You want it to be fun. And right now, as Vogel said, I will certainly check out that first episode. Um, and again, I love the basis for the idea that it's connecting to this this one moment joke from So I Married an Axe Murder. But yeah, the looking at it, it's like it does not fill me with a lot of confidence, unfortunately. So when we all do check it out for that obligatory first episode that's gonna be on may 5th so we can watch dr strange the night before and then uh come home come home and watch the, the first episode of the pentavrids so our last trailer today is our first look at the boys season three so you know season two left off it seemed like some like some of the boys may have had even a little bit of a happy ending huey was gonna try to fight vaught um, the right way, um, uh, Billy was going to be part of an organization that is closer to the comics, that he's actually going to be there trying to keep trying to keep the soups in line. Um, and we find out very quickly that things may not go according to plan based off this trailer. Gentlemen, what did you all think of our first look at the boys season three? Mike, please. Well, before you even get into like what's happening, uh, it's always a joy when a trailer is cut and edited in a way 
that surpasses the expect like the way this trailer was cut to the music with the sound effects with the punching with the exploding bodies with all of everything like it was just the trailer itself was like a work of art like it was a joy to watch uh then on top of that just seeing all these characters and just realizing what an amazing show and what an amazing bench of characters that you're very very interested and invested in uh they built over two seasons I, I'm so stoked for this. Like, I I think this show, The Boys as a comic book is one of those things that when I heard they were making it into a series, I was like, maybe, like, it's an interesting comic. Like, it's definitely a very specific taste. I don't know if they'll be able to land this plane. And then they, I, in my opinion, the series far surpasses what the comic does. I think the yeah. series as a commentary on society, as a commentary on our obsession with superheroes, uh, and just as a really, really funny, engaging, interesting world and universe, like I think they've done an amazing, amazing job. And when you look at the trailer and see some of the things that are in here, like A Train, like running in between like protesters and police with his little can of soda, like oh, they're clearly gonna continue to really, really go for the social commentary. And I'm super here for it. Like I honestly uh, cannot wait to dive back into all of this. Yeah, I mean, and just like any um, good season of The Boys, um, it's topical as well as telling its overall story, right? This idea of the protests, you know, that's certainly not that far away from our minds. So seeing that pop up here, and as you said, kind of having that booty juice moment from uh, Tropic Thunder here, pulling out his can to promote himself, the song, <laughs> the sexual references, the, you know, even the, the nebbish dudes getting some sex in the bathroom there, um, you know, the, the gore and the bloody violence. Once again, Jack Quaid's character suffering another physical injury to his body that looks pretty painful, but it's Carl Urban's character that's starting to kind of like, what is going to happen with him? We see his eyes glowing. We see him drinking this stuff, the vo- void stuff. We see him spewing vomit, green vomit onto poor Jack Quaid. And so what are we going to get with that? Is he going to now become an antagonist rather than a protagonist or at least part of the protagonist side of things? I don't know. And how much more are these new characters going to come in? Lori Holden and other actors coming in to, to be these new characters in it. What are they going to add? Cause these are older actors they're bringing in to pay these older characters. So what is their spot in all of this? Are these people going to be threatened by the new heroes coming in? Is this an opening the door to the older heroes coming in to kind of threaten the new heroes because the older heroes had a way of doing things that were different? I don't know. So this feels like we're setting up almost like a battle of the three armies instead of the five armies in this whole situation. Um, and, and we don't know who's going to take whose side, right? There's still a lot of stuff up in the air after we ended season two and how all that went down. Um, and uh, is it Aya Cash? Is that her name? The actress who plays the other the the character that is it Stormfront? Yeah, Stormfront. Like she she is such a unusual um, uh, character to have in all of this. So what is her role going to be? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her. So from the trailer itself, I think Mike, you're absolutely right. This is an incredibly well edited trailer that gets you excited, full of cha- full of moments that you can't wait to see in context of the show and what they're going to lead to. And I don't know if you guys saw the animated uh, one. I've seen a couple of the episodes. I like it. And so at least they understand what they have here. Um, And of course, they're still kind of working through the 
the college version of the boys that they now lost their two leads and are recasting, reworking. So clearly they have a very concrete idea of what they want to do. And they're building up the value of this IP in how they're presenting uh, their uh, version of the boys. And I also agree with you, Michael, that it's far better than the comics because when you go back and read those comics, they're pretty uncomfortable to read. This is a better interpretation of their overall point of the story that they were trying to tell in these comics. So, yeah. Yeah. The thing that I really, the thing that I really liked about the trailer, and this is something that you get, this, this is like the trailer for uh, the sequel to a really successful movie. Like this Mm -hmm. is like the audience that is watching this trailer. There is a knowledge of the characters. There's just a confidence there with the way they're presenting it and knowing where, where we leave Billy where we leave Butcher yeah. and, and the fact that yet yeah, like, yes, he is now experimenting with compound V and it's yeah. like, Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> and then getting our first look at Jensen Ackles, um, soldier boy. Yeah. And you think about where we left the seven, I think there's only four of them right now. Right. So there is definitely going to be a, well, one, there's a vacuum in the team, but also star uh, starlight, uh, starlight queen Maeve. They don't, List, they're not necessarily going to listen to Homelander and is maybe right. does that what is that what sets up Soldier Boy's arrival is like we need a new leader and like we have this guy who you know fought fought Nazis back in the Second World War which Stormfront ended up being one yeah. and what stuff are we going to find out about him I mean it's just the boys is just such a such a terrific just such a terrific adaptation um, yeah and, Go one for it, more thing. And, and one more thing, Homelander doesn't seem to be persona non grata anymore after, you know, all the events of the of the second season. I mean, killing all those people, being found out and all this kind of stuff. Just like a certain somebody said they could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and people would still support him. Maybe this is even being doubled down on even more with Homelander in season three, that there are a swath of people that are going to be fully in support of Homelander's point of view in all of this, which would once again be topical, but also be part of a larger story that they're trying to tell. So very, very curious to see how that plays out too. Yeah. And the thing that I, and I don't know what, what Amazon's going to do with their, with this release, but what I really liked how they did with, I think it was the second season Mm. is they dropped the first three episodes and then it went week to week. Yeah. So it's like you had, you had time to, if you wanted to watch all three of them, Back to back to back, you could. Yes. I always like to watch them twice before, like before we would talk about them. Um, I, I like that. I like that strategy of giving you more than one at the beginning and then going to that week to week. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. And uh, we're gonna find out how season three turns out starting on June third on Amazon Prime. Hey, hey, hey! Gotta wait till June, man. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. Thank you so much, Shannon, for those trailer discussions. Let's take a quick break here, and uh, we're going to jump into our main topic, breaking down and discussing the Ms. Marvel trailer dropped earlier this week, right after this. Do, 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 that is the only music that is identifiable with, <laughs> with what we've seen thus far. I apologize. It was less choice. The dulcet tones of the weekend. The, more the execution, but uh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You know, I feel like you're well, missing I, some notes. Some I, I, no, I think, I think what it was is it was a visual performance. 
Um, if the oh, camera was... had been on, you guys would be blown away. Right, it's well. Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Let's Anyone who it. knows me knows I'm a dancer. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, both verbally and physically. All right, um, let's jump into this trailer here that dropped earlier this week. I'm not going to say too much about it because uh, I think Mike and, and, and Shannon can lead this a little bit better than I can. So it dropped uh, earlier this week. Uh, it's going to premiere in June, June 8th, I think it is, for Ms. Marvel. Um, it's going to be our introduction to Kamala Khan. I'm trying to really get that in my mouth. Said a Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, uh, who's been playing by who's being played by Iman Vellani and we're seeing her origin here and we're seeing a lot in this trailer we see some new powers which I've already seen people being upset about that they're not necessarily touching on the old or showing the old powers uh the inhuman situation is not being touched upon it seems like in this trailer and we're seeing this kind of approach that feels to me very similar to Spider-Man Homecoming she's a teenager we see her drawing like uh you know little uh, bubbles in the air she's daydreaming all of this is happening then she gets to become a superhero and how she uses that. And, but she's also like experiencing first love and finding these connections and, and realizing who she is and kind of uh, figuring out how to use her powers, which is also very reminiscent of a Spider-Man story that we've seen a number of times. So um, gentlemen, I throw it to you. What did you think of the trailer and what do you think stands out? What really kind of caught your attention as you were watching it? Uh, Michael, start with you. Uh, I think you're the biggest Miss Marvel fan of the three of us. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they have a lot riding on this. Like, Miss Marvel is a hugely popular character uh, in the Marvel comic book universe and someone that they really, really need to get right. Um, I think my first reaction to the trailer, before you even get into, like, the content of it, was it looks a little bit different um, in the way it was shot than the other. All the Marvel shows that we've gotten thus far kind of, uh, you know, definitely some variation in styles, but all kind of feel like they fit in that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. This one just looked a little bit more TV series to me. Mm. Um, I, just in the way it was shot, in the sets, in the lighting, it felt, and I don't mean this as a diss, like I'm not, like I like a lot of these shows, but it looked more like a superhero show you might see on like the CW than something that looks like it fits right on like the big screen the way that... WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, uh, all the others do. So that was that was an interesting choice. Like it definitely felt like a different vibe. Um, but beyond that, I was by and large jazzed. Like I did not think we were going to be touching on the inhuman thing. Like I yeah. assumed that given where we are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're not all of a sudden going to introduce inhumans only to have Kamala become an inhuman. Um, so I was curious to see what they were gonna do with her powers. And I think that, you know, what we've got, and it'll be really interesting to see how this ties into everything, is some kind of quantum or cosmic gauntlets, it looks yeah. like, that she's getting her power from. So I feel like we're taking a little bit of a page from, um, you know, a Marvel Cinematic Universe version of, like, Green Lantern's powers. Mm -hmm. It looks like she's creating some kind of light constructs that can do different things. We definitely saw her do sort of an embiggening fist, but with the yes. light construct there at the end. So I think they're definitely going to try and, like, give a nod to the powers from the comics without her clearly having the same things. But... The fact that she is a huge superhero fan, still there. The fact that she is a cosplayer, still there. The fact that she is obsessed with Captain Marvel, still there. And the fact that her sort of inspiration for the type of hero she wants to be is Carol Danvers, still there. Not just in the cosplay that she wears, but even in her jacket, which is 
when she's like looking out over the city, she's wearing basically a copy of Brie Larson's jacket from the Captain Marvel movie. So like that part is still there. Um, you know, you see a lot of her, you know, you see uh, Bruno and Nakia and Zoe and some of her friends from the school. Um, we see Red Dagger, who's a character from the comics. So you definitely see if you're a comic book fan, there was a lot to get in here into here that was like, oh, this is the comic book come to life. But I think the bigger question is really what her power even is, how, you know, like I saw those gauntlets and I was like, well, we still are trying to figure out what the fuck the 10 rings are and what that power source oh, is. Is this going to be a similar thing? Like, are we, are there other artifacts like the 10 rings? Is that going to be a tie in? Um, you know, a lot of people have pointed out that some of the background in um, when you show the title screen looked very quantum realmy. And mm -hmm. even in that one shot where she was at that Avengers convention or whatever, and she kind of, her powers activated, it looks like she spun into a different universe. Is that a quantum realm thing? Is that a multiverse thing? So it's more like, I. it looks like they're trying really hard to get the stuff from the comic, right? Like, obviously, the stuff with her parents, the stuff with her um, being a practicing Muslim, like, it was the yes. it was kind of refreshing. It was good to see that the trailer didn't shy away from that or try and minimize yeah. it. Like, that's a huge part of the comic. It looks like it's going to be a huge part of the series. But, like, my bigger questions are, how does this differ from what's in the comics and how does it instead tie into what's going on in the current MCU? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Miss Marvel reader. My mm -hmm. my exposure to her has been through some of the animated some of the animated series that Marvel um, did, the Marvel Television did. Um, and in terms of uh, a character, I mean, it seems to be thus far a faithful adaptation. Like you know, the younger younger woman, very jazz kind of. Um, doesn't believe the world that she she's in. And then, you know, obviously we're catching her in this series right before this happens. Um, I do agree that there were um, aesthetically some homecoming vibes. It also kind of reminded me of Shazam. Um, and, oh, yeah, and that's yeah. not, that's not, and that's not a negative. I mean, it's just like, okay, yeah, you have another younger hero who goes to high school, yeah. who lives in a world with superheroes, like all of this, all of this uh, tracks. Um, basically the little bit that we saw of, uh, Kamala uh, is it, Ka Kamala. 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 Yeah. Sorry, I got I got my emphasis wrong. It takes a, it takes uh, a time. Yeah, it takes a bit. <laughs> um, um, I'll be curious about her performance. I mean, right now it's it's um, it, it was a it was a shorter trailer. Yes. It's a very edit. It's a very edited performance, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's just like you, you know you're trying to get people excited for this, so quick cut stuff like that that makes sense. Um, it's it's going to rest on her shoulders whether or not this show takes off. Now, because I'm not really a, a Miss Marvel reader, my instinct with something like this is to listen to fans who are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks have an issue with the powers um, and yeah. and the changing of the origin and why they chose to do it. I mean, there, there are theories that's like, well, the embiggening, that's very similar to Mr. Fantastic. Also, with this, with these more cosmic powers, she lines up more with uh, Carol Danvers. Um, so it's so it's interesting. I mean, it's definitely the type of show that's... Uh, obviously, it's a Marvel series. Of course, I'm going to watch it. Um, but it, a lot of it is just going to rest on her shoulders, and we'll see... We'll see if it works. Yeah, you make an interesting point. You know, uh, we couldn't really get a full grasp of the acting she's going to bring to the role. There were certainly snippets and some back and forths. And look, she came off charming to me. She came off interesting. Uh, and I want to see more from her. So if, if that was the point of the trailer, they got me on that. Because there's something about her general overall energy 
that I think is interesting to watch. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm you know, a, a, a show focusing on a young teenage girl. And that, I don't have that experience, but I'm interested to see what I can learn. Just like turning red. I'm not a 13 year old teenage girl getting my period, but I was able to connect with some of the universal things that are going on in her journey. And, and I liked that. So I'm sure there'll be things here too. I like that she's wearing the shirt. That's a pretty awesome with Wasp and Captain Marvel. And I can't remember. Who was the third hero on Valkyrie. there? It's Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Valkyrie oh, okay. It. That was a badass shirt. I immediately went, well, so someone should make that shirt and, and, and sell it out. Uh, have, seeing her uh, kind of nemesis, having the, the ears put on her to kind of, you know, kind of uh, tag her or something like that. Her daydreaming stuff. I mean, who doesn't daydream who reads comic books and, and watches superhero movies? That's kind of the whole point of when you're a teenager of enjoying comic books is daydreaming of being a superhero yourself. And then seeing her costume, which is made, you know, she made it. And it's like Flash making his costume. You can tell it's a made costume or Spider-Man with Tom Holland making his costume. You can tell. And that gen that lends a charm to her overall. The powers thing, I'm not as invested so for me, I'm coming in like, okay, what is her powers? Does it make sense? Great. And so there are Captain Marvel illusions with the eyes flickering. And you're right. Where is she in that whole multiversal thing? Is she in the purple magic or the purple color around? What does that mean? Certainly reminiscent of what uh, uh, Doctor Strange was doing in uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, seeing uh, the spell he was trying to stop there from happening. So I'm curious to see more for sure. Uh, and I really like, Mike, you pointed this out. They're not shying away from the fact that she is of Muslim heritage. She's Pakistani-American. Uh, her mom uh, having a back and forth with her, which is really funny. I like this. This is something interesting. And the number one thing is that line, brown girls from Jersey don't usually save the world. That, to me, immediately got me and hooked me into this series because she's right. When you've grown up in a world where the, most of the heroes you saw, at least during when I was growing up, were white, to see more and more representation – I think is a positive thing, but also understanding I haven't usually seen people like me go and save the world. What's my responsibility here? That's going to be a fun thing to explore and a nice little wrinkle in her story. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes. Did I say too much? You guys drift off? Sorry. I, no, 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 not at all. I mean, and again, Vogel will be able to speak to this more than I can because, because of uh, how, how much he's read. Um, but that's a part of her character that that has to be that has to be a big part of the show. Am I am I correct, Vogel? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I think that no, what 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 I was thinking of when John stopped talking, I, I wasn't trailing <laughs> off. I was actually thinking about the fact that they clearly cast like you know like when you cast like we all joke about it, but like when you cast high school characters in shows and they're all like twenty five year olds, yeah, and they look older like the older end of it. Um, you know, you think about this. You think about this actress, uh, this this version of Kamala, standing even next to Tom Holland, who's kind of the youngest hero in the MCU right now, and she looks significantly younger than he does. I mean, she yeah. really looks like a young high school student. So, in addition to you know, it's not a brown girl from Jersey that gets to save the world. She really is kind of the kid of the marvel universe oh, which i think point. is going to yeah. be really really interesting you know i mean obviously we know we've got young avengers but even young avengers coming in but even kate bishop you know Haley steinfeld also significantly older like they, they're really setting kamala up to be a very very young member of this giant universe and if it works for them if she really is 
charming and engaging and feels like the Kamala Khan that we all want her to be. Like, that's going to be a really, really interesting dynamic as she sort of takes her place into the bigger MCU, which I think is going to be really interesting. Yeah, do you think the drawing of the Ant-Man or Man-Ant on her notebook, I mean, obviously a little bit of a, maybe a wink and a nod to the fans who know that she has the ability to grow big or grow small, she's still learning her powers. So do you, do you feel like, hey, Marvel fans, slow down. Let this thing present itself. These powers that you've come to know uh, from Miss Marvel are coming. This is an origin story series. So there will be time for her to grow into her powers and realize what she can do. Um, two answers to two parts of that. One, I don't think the Ant-Man, Man-Ant thing was necessarily a wink to that, but okay. I did like how like she's a, like she writes fanfic, like the whole big thing in the couple, oh, she, right. gets yeah. to, she joins the Avengers and she's like, fuck, I hope they don't find my fanfic that I wrote about them. Like she's like, she's the, she's the fangirl that gets to hang with the people that she fangirls about. So seeing her doodling the jokes about, well, this is what Ant-Man is, but this is what a Man-Ant would be like. And seeing her wall, which is just plastered oh, yeah. with Captain Marvel posters. Like, I think it's kind of cool. You know, Peter Parker, at least in the MCU, Peter Parker, he knew who Tony Stark was. He right. was a Star Wars fan. He loved his Legos. But he wasn't like, oh, I'm super into these specific heroes. Like, Kamala is specifically into the heroes that exist in this universe. And right. so I think that's what that was. As far as the powers thing goes, um, I, to me, I don't... I, I don't know why people are so getting wrapped up in this when like, like I said, like there's no inhumans right. in the MCU. Like, right. you, we can all argue about shield. It's up on Disney plus now watch agents of shield all you want. But that, that inhuman storyline never made its way into the bigger MCU. Like the MCU yeah. does not have people uh, getting uh, exposed to Terrigen mists and turning into alien and in, turning into superpowered. Like it just, it just doesn't happen. And beyond that, the stretchiness that her powers are like within the MCU. I mean, we all know Peter Parker got bit by a spider, but beyond that, like the powers are pretty scientifically based and we actually understand what they are. And you do this and you got this and Ant-Man has Hank's technology and like everyone has a clear reason. And, Coming up with why some random girl in Jersey all of a sudden got these super stretchy powers when it's not an inhuman thing, I think that's a lot. And then in addition, that specific superpower from a special effects budgetary standpoint is you're spending a lot, a lot of money to make that look good. And I think that the light powers and the cosmic constructs she makes, which also look really good, are easier to handle uh, going forward. And I think probably and I think Shannon kind of alluded to this, are a little bit closer to what we have understood powers to be in the MCU. Right. So that part doesn't really bother me. The fact that we did see sort of an embiggened hand and that she is going to be able to do some of the more signature things that we see in the comics just in a little bit of a different way, I think is cool. And I mean, it'll be, it'll be cool to see how far they push that. But that powers thing doesn't bother me that much. Okay. And keeping her human by, you know, having her have a crush on a boy. I think it's great. It's all that stuff can work uh, so well to make her such an interesting, charming character. Oh, yeah. Mike. Uh, well, the, on the other, when you said uh, keeping her human made me think, uh, maybe. I do think that there oh, might be more to her origin. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we live in a world where these ten, the Ten Rings, as I said, you know, in Shang-Chi, like, they're clearly extraterrestrial in origin, or at least tied to extraterrestrial stuff somehow based on the post-credit sequence. 
we don't know what these uh the gauntlets that she has uh her bands like we don't know what they are what the origin is but given the powers and the glowing purple stuff it's either magic or it's alien and given captain marvel and her background and her ties to the kree i'm gonna bet that miss marvel's powers are more extraterrestrial in origin as well and that gets into is there more to her origin than we know? Is there something about her that makes these gauntlets only work for her? Like, are we getting into other things? I don't know that we will, because I think her being a Pakistani girl of two Pakistani parents who was raised Muslim is the is a big key thing. So I don't all of a sudden want to be like, you were adopted. You're really a scroll. Oh, like, I don't think they're going to go down that road. But, uh, <laughs> but I do think maybe there will be more to who she is or her past than maybe we know from the comics. Like, there might be some fun surprises. We landed in this field. We found you on a rocket ship. Um, <laughs> there we go. Well, let's let's wrap up that conversation here. That's coming out uh, June 8th. It's streaming June 8th, and I'm sure we'll cover it here on the Geek Buddies, maybe do some reviews and certainly see if we can uh, rope in Emma Fife or uh, Laura Kelly to come and join us for these conversations or someone else, maybe even Wendy Lee, who I do the show with as well. So it'd be kind of fun to see, get a female's perspective, of course, which is necessary, I think, in reviewing this show. Uh, any show, really, but certainly this one specifically. Um, uh, real quick, uh, maybe one line answers. Sydney Sweeney being cast in Madam Web, do we think she is Spider-Gwen? No. That's what everybody seems to think. Yeah. So you say no? Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm say, saying no say, because I haven't read the article. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I say I say probably. Okay. Wow. There it is. It's happening. Wow. Two euphoria under the Spider-Man tent. Two euphoria stars on the Spider-Man tent. Very very interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's it. I wanted to bring that up. That was it. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get on out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us here on this episode of Geek Buddies. We appreciate it madly. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? If you would like to hear John Roca yell about his love for James T. Kirk more often, <laughs> here is what you can do to make sure that that happens. First, clearly keep recasting James T. Kirk. But no. beyond that, uh, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Hit the like button below. Leave your comments. What did you think of these trailers? What do you think about Darth Maul not being in Kenobi? What do you think about Kirk getting cast for the third time? Let us know below. And certainly let us know what you think of the Miss Marvel trailer. Uh, what are your thoughts? Did we miss anything? Do you have any theories? What do you think about her powers? Uh, and if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, definitely take a second to leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the greatest thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, and tell everybody to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. There you go. And uh, one last thing, a big shout out again to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. As of March 14th, they, now, they are now available in 100 plus locations across 14 states. 50-plus locations in California, across the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, North San Diego, and most of these locations still have COVID testing and travel testing for overseas destinations. They are very experienced with over 2 million COVID tests conducted. If you are in California, consider scheduling an annual checkup and utilizing primary care services at your local Carbon Health Clinic. Primary care providers listen, follow up after appointments, and bring compassion to their everyday work. Find a healthcare provider that is an active partner supporting you 
in your efforts to feel better and live healthier. And that's what Carbon Health is all about. And they, and we and they continue to partner with us here on the Geek Buddies because Carbon Health genuinely cares about positive communities who engage with each other, like the Geek Buddies, over the love of culture and expressions of life. Go ahead and download the Carbon Health app. We are a positive community. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Download the app and uh, join Car the Carbon Health people, or go and check out the website carbonhealth.com and uh, see where you can get uh, your uh, seen and checked up on. Uh, uh, today. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us. You guys are the best. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.